0: All the all the social ladies. all the social ladies. all the social ladies. All the social
1: your. Up. Hi, Jen. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. It's weird. This is the first podcast we haven't recorded sitting next to each other. I'm
2: really weirded out by it, honestly. not being able to see your face react to the things I say is a little mm-hmm. is a little weird. How do I sound? Beautiful. Great. Angelic, as I would normally say to our guests. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, where do you want to start this week? Let's start with Triller. Oh, yeah. You want me to tell you about it? Yes. Okay, so I first heard about Triller during the Jake Paul fight a couple of weeks ago. Okay, Um, why
1: is the internet so obsessed with, (laughs) one, Jake Paul, and two, like boxing and UFC? I feel like it's everywhere. I think we've just been under a rock.
2: I think it's always been big, and now it's a little bit more mainstream, and it's coming to our feeds now. Okay, all right. Well, Triller is a video-sharing social networking site. Um, Sounds familiar. Yes, (laughs) honestly. I actually had to Google it because I was confused about the difference between Triller and TikTok. Aside from one being American-based, TikTok actually has the manual in-app video editing services. And Triller is different than that because they use AI to automatically edit videos. And they have a ton of their own unique programming like the Triller Fight series, which Jake Paul participated in. Okay.
1: I'm looking now, too. I see there were, like, musical performances as well. Justin Bieber, Black Keys. Yeah. So it feels much more event-based, maybe? I
2: was going to say, it reminds me of that one app that we always talked about last year that I'm totally blanking on the name of that is no longer with us.
1: Oh, Quibi.
2: Yes, Quibi. It feels like TikTok and Quibi had a baby and made
1: Triller. Okay, well, I'm going to download it and see what it's all about.
2: Yeah, now you're going to become a boxing super fan.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Did you watch the Oscars on Sunday? I did. I watched a little bit of it. It was a little slow. I actually saw, um, I was watching like, you know, one of those Entertainment Tonight or whatever before. The red carpet? (laughs) No, it wasn't the red carpet. It was just like an interview. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they were talking about how, and I don't know if you noticed this, they were going to use different like camera techniques and editing to make the Oscars actually look like a movie itself. Oh, fancy.
2: Yeah. So there was going to be a lot of um, more sophisticated camera moves, I guess. I didn't yes. really pick up on any of that, but that's really neat that they
1: tried. Yeah. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> Glenn Close won the Oscars. So there's that gif of her dancing. And I feel Amazing. like that was one of the only big internet moments that came out of it. Well, there's the other one that I know you're dying to talk about. Oh, yeah. P- Pinocchio was trending on Twitter. Um, and people were confused because the Oscars was the first time they heard that there was a live-action Pinocchio movie, which, yep. same. <laughs> but the the little Pinocchio looks a little terrifying. Terrifying is
2: an understatement. I am spooked. <laughs> I, do, I think I would have nightmares if I watched that movie. No offense to Pinocchio. But <laughs> no I'll stick with the cartoon. I'll stick with the cartoon version. (laughs) So we've already acknowledged that Michelle and I are not together because she is on vacation.
1: Yes. So I am vaccinated and finally left New York for the first time in a very long time.
2: (laughs) Proud of you, but sad you left me behind.
1: I know. But yeah, I think a lot of people are going to start planning their first post-pandemic little trips And today we talk about that with our guest. Yeah, we're speaking with
2: Taylor Winchell, who is a social media specialist at Princess Cruises. And as a non-cruiser, I was really excited to talk to Taylor and learn a little bit about social media marketing for the cruise industry in general. Here she is. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to All the Social Ladies. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you here. And we're going to kick it off with our favorite part of the show, the social media speed round. We're going to ask you a couple of questions and just answer them as fast as you can, okay? Sure, let's do it. What is your favorite social network?
0: Instagram. Do you pronounce it GIF or JIF? JIF.
2: What Instagram
3: ad can you not get rid of?
0: (laughs) I looked up a pair of Jimmy shoes one time (laughs) a few months ago that I definitely cannot afford, and they have haunted me for months now. (laughs) What about your go-to emoji? Um, I'm done with all the Gen Zers very bad, but I really like the laughing emoji, the cry laughing name. It's so good. Who
3: is your favorite celebrity to follow on social media?
0: Oh, that's hard. Um, I really like Selena Gomez. I think mm. that really balances her authentic content with her advertising content. Good answer. What about
3: stories or feed? Stories. And then last one, what was your first screen name?
0: <laughs> I think it was Love to Shop for,
3: <laughs> It can't be more embarrassing than mine, which was Sketcher's Queen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, well, I want to start talking about your career so far. In doing some internet stalking, of course, we saw that you really had an amazing journey from intern to social media lead at Princess Cruises. I want to hear all about that and what brought you to where you are today.
0: Yeah, so I was at USC getting my master's in communication management and I had had a lot of experience with video editing and copy editing and I wanted to get more of the marketing communications side of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to go into healthcare and be a, a public information officer and During the summer, I had time for an internship and Princess Cruises was looking for someone and it kind of fell into my lap and I thought it would be a 10-week, really fun time. (laughs) I fell in love with the company. I fell in love with the people there um, and just really meshed well with the social media manager at the time. She was really keen on getting more video content um, in a time when video was just really becoming heavy on social media. So after my internship, I finished my master's while contracting for them. And then when I graduated, I came on full time and I've been there ever since. Amazing.
2: Have you always wanted to work in social? I mean, you kind of alluded to no. And tell me more about that transition with your like career trajectory and your attitude towards it all.
0: Yeah, um, I did not want to work at social, in social at all. Um, at first, I wasn't really active on social, and I wanted to be a book editor. Mm. So underground was actually literature and history. So cool. Yeah, and then I was on newspaper and really was more of a writer and an editor. And then when I graduated, I ended up falling into video editing. So really that love of storytelling has followed me from a very young age through today. It really moved from, you know, written storytelling and journalism to more of a digital storytelling that I do today.
3: Love that. Can you tell us an example of a story that you've told, you know, with your digital social storytelling?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So we launched our medallion class experiences uh, back in early 2019 was when we did our first influencer trip and social shoots. Ooh. Really fun. So that we have this brand new um experience on board that is really revolutionizing our industry. And so I was able to host some influencers on board and they were able to tell our story from their perspective. And on top of that we had a social shoot. Mm -hmm. So we had a videographer on board and a photographer and we were taking all kinds of content that we could use to really tell the story of our medallion class experiences in a social friendly and really authentic way, Uh, which is why I really love social is that it's not as polished and not as um, sometimes salesy, you know, television, champions that we see on TV. I think it's it's more raw and real and authentic. And I think our community really appreciates that.
3: Definitely. I mean you mentioned influencers and you talked a little bit about video and just reading your bio in general. It sounds like you touch every <laughs> little
2: bit of the social media world from I, community management. Yeah, or- I, I have a running list. I was <laughs> like, okay, influencer, organic social paid, social UGC.
0: <laughs> what, what else? <laughs> yeah.
3: What's your favorite area to work in and what do you think has been the most challenging?
0: Ooh, great question. Um I would say my favorite part is just content. Um, that's that's my background. That's yeah. what my passion is. Um, but I really do. I was surprised at how much I love the other aspects of social. So that whole community management aspect of being able to connect directly with our consumers, yes, and ask them, mm-hmm. um, you know, what do you want to hear from us? We actually posted a couple months ago a post um, asking our guests, what what do you want to see on our social pages? And there was such a positive response of wanting to hear more about our crew and wanting to hear more about the destinations we visit. And I I love being able to connect personally with our our guests on that level.
2: I'm going to shift gears a little bit because we talked at the beginning about social storytelling and your passion there. But one of the things that I also loved that we learned about you before having you on is your real focus on diversity, inclusion, and pushing those out through digital storytelling and experiences. I'd love to hear from your perspective, what that really means to you.
0: So I actually am in a wheelchair. So I'm a person with a disability. And I think that from the very beginning of small age, I was able to participate because of technology and digital experiences. So while I couldn't necessarily pick up a clarinet and start playing it with the rest of my friends, I was able to use (laughs) GarageBand. I don't know if (laughs) any of you remember that. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I think just having those digital experiences that I was able to participate in really left an impression on me pretty young. Um, And I think that moving forward, I really have just seen in the past few years, especially in marketing and communications, a push towards a really diversity and inclusion within marketing Mm -hmm. um, and really including, you know, minorities that people had not really seen before. So um, I think it was about a year and a half ago, I saw an advertisement from Ulta that had someone in a wheelchair. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with her being in a wheelchair. And, And it wasn't an inspirational campaign. She was just a model in a wheelchair. And I remember thinking that, man, I wish I would have seen that as a kid growing up, you know, that someone that looks like me is, is, being, is in advertising and that I can look up to, you know. So I really think that beyond just the inspirational campaigns that you sometimes see just integrating diverse and inclusive people groups into marketing, uh, especially digital marketing, it's a big passion point of mine.
3: We did an interview a while back with a woman from Getty Images. Her name is Paige. And she told us about an exercise that they did where there was a a term or a keyword and it was, you know, family or love. And she asked the teams to go through the stock library and pull a visual depiction of that. And she curated them all together. And everyone went for like a surface level you know, love, two people kissing or holding hands and kind of challenge your team to then do it again and think about the other types of love out there the other types of people who experience love. And it completely just changed, you know, what that second group of people brought to the table. And that is something that I want to do with our team too, of just, you know, thinking beyond your quote unquote, traditional types of people in advertisements. What advice do you have for marketers? I mean, doesn't necessarily have to be an activity like that, but what advice do you have for marketers who aren't prioritizing this kind of diversity inclusion in their content?
0: Such a good question, Michelle. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the first short answer I have is to do it. Of course, yeah. (laughs) You're leaving money on the table of all of these diverse families that want to try your products or utilize your services. That aren't seeing themselves represented in your marketing and your bottom line is going to suffer. So I think the more that you can really integrate the diversity of our country and our globe into your marketing, you'll see the results in your bottom line. But I also think just beyond that, it really is the right thing to do. And I think that it really will expand not only externally, but internally. You know, how do we make our marketing materials more diverse and how do we make our websites, you know, more inclusive and EDA friendly? And I think that those are great conversations to have, not only from an external level, but from an internal level.
3: Yeah. We've been talking a lot about people using Instagram geotags to check somewhere out before they visit, whether you just want to get like a lay of the land or see how other people experienced it. Do you ever use that for your personal use of, you know, maybe looking ahead to see if there is a ramp, there is yeah. something accessible to you? Yeah. Have you used the social tools in that way at all?
0: I have. I think the best thing that I use is Google Street View. Uh-huh. Mm. That, I'm in a power wheelchair, so... I can't really pop a curb right. if someone in a manual wheelchair. Could. So I really have to make sure that the streets are accessible and kind of follow in their footsteps. Um and also on YouTube, I did a lot of the immersive like, you know, walk yeah. walk through Rome with yep. me, um I love to watch those because I can see it not only from their perspective, but from okay, if I'm in a wheelchair, how am I gonna, you know, go through the street? Right. It's a lot of preparation, um, which is why I do that like cruising because it takes a lot of that printing out for you. Yeah. I
2: was gonna say too, I liked that you mentioned about making websites more inclusive and diverse. And I was immediately thinking about accessibility too yeah. and We've talked about this a lot internally at Likeable. Adding captions. Adding captions, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that I love TikTok is doing, not to go back there, but really create, a lot of the creators there are adding closed captions for the hearing impaired. And that's it's light years different than what we've seen on other networks. Yeah. And same on Facebook and Instagram, adding alt text mm-hmm. for people who are visually impaired. It's not just
0: including them in the marketing materials. It's actually doing something about it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I love that captioning is not only is it for people with disabilities, it just is a better use for social in general. I agree. You
3: mentioned hearing a lot from the audience, you know, what they want to see on the channels. How has that changed during, you know, the year 2020 and up to now where maybe the cruises aren't happening? Um, (laughs) What kind of conversations are happening on your pages from your followers?
0: So I think that we had going into 2020 and the pandemic and all that that brought um, a really strong social community that showed up during that time Mm -hmm. so i'm sure most people listening have heard of the diamond princess incident and um you know our pandemic that we were working through uh, on board in japan and um we were a 24 7 social care team so for weeks a team of us were um, responding and connecting directly with our community, not only proactively, but reactively. People responded to that so Mm -hmm. positively in an environment where you would think would be negative. Um, We were open, honest, and transparent as much as we possibly could, even if we didn't have anything to share. We were telling people, we don't have anything to share at this time, but we'll follow up soon the audience responded Mm -hmm. so positively. Um, So throughout that entire crisis, we really connected with our community and solidified that mutual trust of a relationship between our community and ourselves. And even more so reactively, we were talking to our guests and crew on board, talking to their loved ones at home. Mm -hmm. We were talking to media outlets, I mean, social was one of the critical hubs of communication during that whole right um, quarantine crisis. So um, I think it just solidified how important it was to have a positive, active community on social before something like that happens.
3: That makes a lot of sense. And I'm thinking about during that crisis, like in that news cycle in general, I know I was refreshing Twitter every five minutes because there was so much unknown that we were all waiting for any kind of news to drop.
2: Any snippet of anything. Yeah.
3: And like you said, even if it's saying we don't have anything to share at this time, I feel like everyone was just kind of waiting for that information. So having that clear, transparent dialogue, I think was great.
2: Yeah. And it's game changing, too. I think it not only set you guys up for that authentic voice that you're going for that you already talked about, but it also helps kind of shape what people are to expect from Princess
0: Cruises moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think even when we're looking towards a restart, we're, we're reopening in the UK this summer and we're hopeful for soon to be restarting in other places around the world that people know that we're going to be open and transparent with them about our health and safety protocol. Our new um, medallion class features, which is our truly touchless technology, makes health and safety even easier. So I think that they're, they're open to listen to what we have to say because during those difficult times, we were just as equally open and honest. Yeah, amazing. It makes so much sense. I'm
2: itching to ask because... As someone who is dying to take a vacation Mm -hmm. myself, I imagine this restart plan and amping back up to this air quotes normalcy is kind of a difficult challenge for a social media person to kind of navigate. I mean, we're managing it internally for our clients, too, and figuring out exactly what the right messaging and the right content is needed to move forward and, and bring people back on board. So I'm curious if you could share a little bit about how you're working to differentiate or what types of messages you're hoping to share, what types of content you're hoping to create to get people excited again about cruising. Yeah,
0: that's a great question. And I think that the good news is that I don't think we have to revamp that excitement because it's already there. (laughs) Yeah, true. I love that our guests are so excited. For us to be back on board and it's really just a matter of logistics and working with, you know, government authorities and local health authorities to make sure that we're returning in a way that they're comfortable with and that, you know, is the best for the health and safety of our and crew. So um obviously that means different things around the world. So thankfully, um, we're actually gonna be sailing um in this summer in the UK. So I'm really excited about that. And our UK and global PR team are working to get that all set up right now. So I can't wait to see our first ship back in service and hopefully others will soon follow.
3: I'm sure you get some amazing stories (laughs) um before the pandemic of course of things happening on these ships whether it's like an engagement or you know a celebration what have you seen from social any like fun or
0: charming stories you want to share One of my favorite stories is one of our younger guests, I believe she's seven or eight right now, she wants to be a captain, and she dressed up as one of our captains on board for Halloween. That's so cute. So her mom posted her little costume and her outfit on Instagram and said, I wish that she had an official captain's pin. And so we were able to reach out to the ship and they made a little pin that had her name and said captain so that she could wear it. So she ended up wearing it, I think, a year later when she was on board and re-met with our Captain Tuvo. And so really just that relationship um, growing on board and hopefully she's a future princess. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So Taylor, we would love to end it with anything you know, exciting that you have coming up that you might want to share any of our listeners, something to look
0: out for on social. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just excited that I think that we're going to see more and more of a return to service. Yeah. So I'm excited to get back on board, get our desk back on board and start um, posting more real-time content. So, Definitely follow our pages to keep updated and see what see where we're at. Where's the first place you
3: want to go on a princess cruise? Everywhere.
0: <laughs> no, I, I loved Alaska, uh, which I hate the cold. So I really didn't think I'd love Alaska, but I fell in love with there. So I would love to go back for another another round. I was on the cruise ship. In a hot tub with a colada, watching the glaciers go by. And I think that that was like the top moment in my life. I (laughs)
3: might, yeah. You just painted a picture in my head that I never would have expected doing, and now I want to do that. That
2: sounds like my dream. Michelle also loves polar bears, so I imagine there's like a a nice (laughs) polar bear in the scene as well in her vision. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure chatting.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
3: I'm going to be honest. I forgot all about the beginning of the pandemic when Mm -hmm.
2: there were cases on the cruise ships. Yeah. I mean, they, it was a frontline scenario for all of them. I mean, there was so much to manage news-wise and media-wise. Yeah. I can only imagine what Taylor was dealing right. with. I mean, we
3: thought we were doing a hard pivot with a lot of our clients changing all the content, mm-hmm. but we weren't necessarily part of no everything going on. So
2: it must have been an extremely stressful moment. Yeah, and she talked about it so eloquently as well I agree you know like this they had to be there that it was their jobs to help facilitate and get these people and their families the answers that they were looking for and I could imagine how difficult and stressful it was and now looking at the light at the end of the tunnel you can tell how excited she is to kind of get back to some sense of normalcy I'm gonna say I feel like we are all so ready for a vacation Mm -hmm. all of the you know travel brands are gonna have have fun again. <laughs> well, I can't wait for us to start asking the question about what Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh yeah because I imagine the hotels, hotels, airlines. everything. <laughs> okay, are you ready to talk about the
1: account that everyone should be following? Yes. It's less of an account, more of a series of rooms. <laughs> giving so it away that, a little yeah, bit. Giving it away. But the NFL draft week is coming to Clubhouse. So all of this week the NFL is hosting a series of rooms including pre-draft assessments, conversations with Alabama's football team alum, fan mock drafts, and more. It's kind of cool because the NFL really tests new platforms a
2: lot, you know, yeah. looking to expand into TikTok and Snapchat and Snapchat was a big one. Yeah, I think I think their platform testing strategy is really fun and they're doing a really good job at making the NFL a little bit more accessible across social
1: yeah and especially as other big platforms like Facebook and Reddit are rolling out their audio experiences, um, I think it's good that Clubhouse secured a big major partnership like this. A hundred percent. I can't wait to see what else they do. Well that's it for today. Thanks for listening.
2: Bye
0: All the socialed all the social media all the socialed all the social all the socialed all the social ladies, all the social editing put your phones up.